0: Hey, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity. Lord, to come before you in any form or fashion. Lord, we don't deserve your presence, but you give it. Lord, we don't deserve your grace, but you pour it upon us. We don't deserve your love, but it's free to us through Christ. So God, we just focus our attention in on you. Lord, we want you to win in everything we do with our lives. Lord, to do that, we've got to surrender for you to win. Lord, remind us today as we look at the text, as we open your word, God, that what you have to say to us matters, and Lord, that it shouldn't just be something we hear, but that we put into practice. Lord, we need you. Lord, we declared that. We declared that you're holy, and we believe that, and so God, would you fill this room with your presence? We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So today, we're going to end our series together. On dining with Jesus, and we come upon this really strange moment. You ever been in the middle of telling a story and somebody kind of jumps in on it? Isn't that frustrating? I mean, you have every moment to share a story, you're right in the middle of it, you're about to tell that punchline of a joke, or you're about to give the great details, and somebody goes, Hey, by the way, let me do this, and you're like, That's what happens today in Scripture. We always kind of look over that moment, but it was one of those moments that this Pharisee thought, I've had enough of hearing what Jesus has to say. It goes like this. Jesus is talking in Luke 11 about how our bodies are Christ and that if we are going to allow Jesus or allow God in this context to shine forth, we've got to do away with darkness. We can't have any part of it. We want to be illuminated by God. And it says in the text today, Luke chapter 11, verse 37, and as he was speaking. Y'all ever read that before? Right in the middle of Jesus talking, a Pharisee goes, hey, Jesus, hey. Um, Sorry, I know y'all are probably listening to what he had to say, but I just had to ask you a question, Jesus. It says, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So what does Jesus do? So he went to his house, and he reclined at the table. So today I'm going to invite you to the table. You heard Grant say a minute ago, pull up a chair, because that's exactly what it looks like. And I want to invite you to the Pharisees' table to sit and listen in. I mean, certainly we get the disciples heard what was being talked about, and they saw it firsthand. They got to have this account But you got to imagine here for a moment, this was not an easy moment in Scripture. The Pharisee, for whatever reason, decided that he was going to bring the master to his house. And when he does this, he opens a door that I don't believe he wanted anybody to walk through. So as we look at the text together, let's just start again. As he was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. When the Pharisees saw this, he was amazed that he did not first perform the ritual washing before dinner. But the Lord said to him, now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish. But inside you're full of greed and evil. Fools. Didn't he who made the outside make the inside too? But give from what, was, um, but give from what is within to the poor, and then everything is clean for you. But woe to you Pharisees. You give a tenth of mint, rue, and every kind of herb, and you bypass justice and love for God. These things you should have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees. You love the front seat of the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you. You're like unmarked graves of people who walk over them don't even know it. One of the experts in the law answered him, teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. And he said, What do you also, the experts in the law? You load the people uh, with burdens that are hard to carry, and yet you yourselves don't touch these burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, you build tombs for the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Therefore, your witnesses, listen to this, your witnesses that you approve the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them, and you built monuments. Because of this, the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute, so that this generation may be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets, shed since the foundation of the world. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary, yes, I tell you, this generation will be responsible. Woe to you, experts of the law. You have taken away the key to knowledge. You didn't go in yourselves, and you hindered those who are trying to go in. Then he left there. The scribes and Pharisees began to oppress him fiercely, and to cross-examine him about many things, and they were laying in wait to trap him for something, he said. I don't know why this Pharisee thought, maybe if we could have Jesus sit down at the table, he will applaud what we do. But just sit at the table with me for a moment. Sit there for just one moment with me and let's really listen in to what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees and these that are leaders of the law. He is calling them to a change. He's calling them to examination. He's calling them to be different than they are and they have every capability to be different. But they got to choose this. And so let's look at what Jesus is really saying in the text today. And I want you to capture this first with what the Pharisee says to Jesus. Jesus walks in that day to the table, and as he's sitting there, the Pharisee goes, Um, did you forget something, Jesus? Like you're supposed to wash yourself before you sit down at my table. And what Jesus has in response is something we all need to capture today. Jesus didn't make that law. Did you capture that? That is not something that Jesus came up with. It's something this Pharisee tried to put on him. And in this moment of clarity, Jesus is trying to instruct him on something. You've missed the point of me even being here. You're trying to fit me into your box, your religiosity box. And I want you to capture something. Scripture is not against religion. In fact, it says the true religion my father accepts is those that care for the orphan and the widow. So religion is something that God does support. It's the problem with when man becomes the religious head. We can change anything the way we want it to be. I don't know if you've ever had that experience in church world where you've gone somewhere and people have told you things like this. You can't wear that shirt here. Or, excuse me, but that's my pew. Y'all have heard this, right? Let me give you a what if. What if that day that person that sat in your spot wearing a shirt you did not like came to know Christ? Would you give up your pew for that? Would you be okay with sitting next to somebody that had a shirt you didn't like? You see, the answer is found in this story. Because the Pharisees would not have, even if it won them to God. You see, that's the problem with what we do with Jesus. We make Jesus fit our box of approval when he gave us all that people needed. Anytime we do the Bible plus something, we're wrong. And in this moment... The Pharisees had invited Jesus, but really Jesus had set this date up long before them. He had already RSVP'd. They just had to come into the party. And so in this moment, Jesus sits down with them and they start with, you've already missed the point. And Jesus says, whoa, let me help you with something. You need some clarity. And it's true for us today. True repentance starts with personal clarity. And I want to qualify this statement for just a second. I started to put spiritual clarity. And here's the issue with spiritual clarity in today's context. Anybody finds spiritual clarity in any way they want. But God made you in his image. So to get true repentance, you have to have some personal clarity to realign yourself with him. Because he's already made a way for you to align with himself through Christ. In this moment, they invited the Savior of the world, the guy they had waited for, and did not notice. And he's sitting in the room. What should have happened in this moment is, as the Pharisees and the leaders of the law were sitting with him, they all should have gone, this is him. This is the Messiah. What are we doing? What do you want us to do, Messiah? We'll do anything you've called us to do. That's what should have happened. But when our hearts are so focused on ourselves, we will not see the clarity of God. It can be right there in front of you and you will miss it 100 times out of 100. You ever remember several of us playing in the book, Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo is this book of this guy that wears red and white stripes has glasses, and in the book pages, uh, the artist hides Waldo. And you have to search for him all through the book. And that was good in the first edition. People began to complain, oh, we can find Waldo so easy, it needs to get harder. So the author went back in the second edition and hid Waldo a little bit better. But he also hid a few other characters. Waldo's girlfriend, Waldo's nemesis, Waldo's dog. Waldo's glasses, Waldo's socks, Waldo's shoes. Then all of a sudden, people complained. It's too hard. We can't find anything. So, in the third edition, he made it easier. You know what people did? They complained. You know why? Because anytime you and I don't get clarity, we will find ourselves focused on us rather than what should be in front of us. And at this point in Scripture, the Pharisees and the leaders of the law had so much to complain about, that they had lost sight of a promised Messiah. Instead, they started making up laws to make themselves look better, and Jesus is going to call them out on that. And so he starts with the Pharisees, and he just gives them these woes in Scripture. He starts by saying this. He starts by saying, listen, you've already talked to me about how I should wash the outside, but inside... I can see y'all for who you are. Jesus had the ability to see people's souls as they really were. And he says, don't you know that there's stuff that should be cleaned on the inside? All you're doing is looking better on the outside. Don't you capture this, guys? And he even calls them in verse 40, fools. Didn't he who made the outside make the inside too? And then he goes right to the heart of it. He starts with this first woe. But what are you Pharisees? You give a tenth of mint ruin every kind of herb and you by- bypass justice and love for God these things you should have done without neglecting others he calls them out on the very thing that they're asking others to do and it's the same thing that we've got to capture today we're, remember we're sitting at the table we're hearing what he's saying to the Pharisees but we're also listening in for us to go Lord help us because woe to us when we don't undo injustice. Woe to us when we see something that should be done and we don't do it. How can we who believe in Jesus and have an eternal home in heaven not undo injustice? It is our calling. It's what God called the church to be. Let's quit asking our government to do what our churches won't. We are called. We are the body of Christ. We are his arms. We are his feet. We are his hands. And so when Jesus says this to the Pharisees, you can see in their faces that moment of, ooh, did he say that? You can almost hear them whispering, who does this guy think he is? We're the Pharisees. No one talks to us that way. But he doesn't stop there. He says, woe to you, Pharisees, you love the front seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. He says, woe to you when we puff ourselves up. Can you imagine for a moment, Jesus? Everywhere he goes, crowds move in. And how many times do we see him getting on a boat and pushing out? How many times do we see him getting away to be by himself on the mountainside? And he's saying just the opposite happens of the Pharisees. They walk into town and they say, Pharisee coming. Gather close. Gather close because I'm awesome. And just goes, woe to you guys who puff yourselves up. Watch yourselves. And here's what's crazy about this moment. He doesn't stop there. He says, woe to you who are like unmarked graves, the people who walk over them and don't know it. He's saying, woe to you when tradition trumps the Word of God. But let me give you what this really is in Scripture. When they would have festivals, they would go in and they would whitewash tombs so that no one would touch them. So these graves, no one would touch it Because if you touched it, you were ritually unclean. And so they made them plain as day so that no one would touch them. And what Jesus is saying to them is, you guys are like those graves that haven't been cleaned. People are going to touch them and they're coming out unclean. you imagine this moment? Jesus has now said, woe to you guys because all you think of is yourselves. You don't think of others. Woe to you because you love the applause but aren't willing to sacrifice anything. And woe to you because you are like unmarked graves. People walk over and they don't even know it, but they've touched death. You know who does notice what they're saying? Experts in the law. Experts in the law are hanging out in the corner. And they're going, are you hearing what he's saying? Do you hear what he's, do y'all understand what this guy's saying to us? He's, He's mocking our tradition. But Jesus knows at the heart of them that everybody in this room has forgotten God's word. They're not searching for it anymore. They're hoping just to achieve greatness. They want to be known. They want all the riches. They want to be popular. They want all this stuff, but they've forgotten that it's all about God. There's the temple of the living God hanging out in their midst. And they show up, and they're there to judge a man that they don't even see as God wrapped in flesh. So the expert of the law pops in. He stands back and he just offers this great line. Verse 45, one of the experts of the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, it insults us too. I love this moment because you can see it, right? Jesus is sitting here and he's talking with the Pharisees. And that's where the law begins to talk and Jesus goes. He goes, don't you know you insult us? And Jesus goes. Woe to you guys as well. Listen to what he says. He says, woe to you also the experts of the law. You load people with burdens that are hard to carry, and yet you yourselves don't even touch burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to us when we add to God's word. When we try and become some supernova spiritual thought that we can do better than what God's Word says. That is the greatest debate of this generation. Is God's Word truth or can we change it to be what we want it to be? It's what we're doing with things like relationships, money, possessions. Everything about it is knocking the American way and we don't know how to handle it. How can we be friendly to people? and know God's word and trust it. It is the greatest tension that we see. And these experts of the law were taking God's word and saying, we know what it says, but plus, plus, plus. And they lived in the pluses, rather than in God's word. Do you find yourself there in the pluses? I mean, it's exactly what Jesus is calling them out on. He's warning them, y'all are loading people down with all these burdens. You need to be this, you need to be that, you need to act like this, you need to do these 30 things, you need to be like this. And Jesus is saying, but y'all don't even touch those things. You're not even trying at those things. You're loading everybody down with your pluses, but you're missing my Father's words for you. It was dangerous. And they don't even capture this yet, but you can see the tension in the room. What started as a simple, Jesus, you didn't wash yourself has now become Jesus, you better watch yourself. You see, he went from the Pharisees into the lawmakers. And they're all in the room with Jesus, and they're all around him. And what he's saying to them is this, y'all are jacked up. And y'all should be leading this thing. Don't you capture this, y'all are missing every piece of it. And so he keeps going. His woe to you. Who build tombs for the prophets, your father's killed them. Okay, everything to this point has been okay. Everything to this point has been, okay, Jesus is you know hitting that that button. Okay, Jesus, uh, all right. You're radicalized, Jesus, we get it. And then he says something that is fighting words. Woe to you who build Tombs for the prophets, your dads killed those guys. What do you think they talked about at Temple? The prophets. They loved Isaiah. They loved Jeremiah. How do we know that? That's how Jesus talked when he was in the temple. It was readily available scrolls. And in this moment, as they're talking, Jesus calls them out. You guys keep building monuments to these guys of faith, you killed them. So, how hypocritical are y'all at this point? That not only will you not deal with injustice, not only will you puff yourselves up, not only will you add to the Word of God, not only will you give them the pluses in this world, but you guys are killers and you're just covering it up with monuments. They don't capture yet that Jesus is the way. They're missing this completely. They're so caught up in their past, they're not seeing eternity in the room with them. And woe to us when we don't see Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Woe to us when we don't see that. Jesus is in their midst, and he is having to conquer everything that they're protecting. They're protecting their way of life. They're protecting their establishment. They're protecting their future. They're protecting all these things with as much as they can protect themselves with. And Jesus is saying, all of that will go to hell one day. You don't even capture this. I am right here. It should have been an easy dinner. It should have been easy. A Pharisee loads the deck. Invites his other Pharisee brothers and the leaders of the law. Jesus isn't the first guy that claimed to be the Messiah. He wouldn't be the last. And they got this guy in the room thinking perhaps maybe they can make a fool out of him. Isn't that something when you try and make a fool out of somebody and they make a fool out of you? makes you say, Whoa. But see, this isn't where Jesus stops. Verse fifty-two, he says, "What are you experts of the law? You have taken away the key of knowledge. You didn't go into yourselves, and you hindered those who are trying to go in." The Bible is difficult. The reason it's difficult is it calls accountability to humankind, and we don't like accountability. We like to think that we just are wading through life and it's gonna come as it comes. We like to use words like karma. We like to use words like chi. And Jesus goes, let me tell you how this works. If I'm the way and I'm the truth and I'm the life and no one comes to the Father except through me, then there's something that happens when you and I find it. And as a Christian, we have to decide if we care if people go to hell or not. Because I believe one way or the other, we will find ourselves ashamed. We will either be ashamed of the gospel and not be willing to share it, or we'll be ashamed that we didn't. The problem with it is this. If narrow is the path and few find it, at some point you and I have got to make a decision of taking down the road map to it, burning the maps that showed it. You see, that's what happened with buried treasure, right? For those of y'all that used to dream like I did of being a pirate one day, finding your way on an island, finding a hidden treasure map, walking the way, digging it up, finding gold and rubies and riches. But you know what they did with those maps? They burned them. You know why? They didn't want anybody else to find it. it. Woe to us when we hide the path to Christ. This day that the Pharisee thought that he had set up perfectly. I'd like to think that he gathered the leaders of the law and his other Pharisee brothers, and they had a a powwow together. They said, okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go find him. And as soon as I find him, we're going to bring him to my house because I'm pretty sure he'll come. He does that, y'all. I mean, he he just, he'll go anywhere with anybody. Isn't that foolish? (laughs) They high-fived each other. Okay, so we Pharisees, we may not have it all together, but you experts in the law, y'all are the best. So if y'all could be there, that would be really helpful. And they're like, of course we'll be there. And so they all laid in wait. And this Pharisee just happened upon Jesus in the middle of teaching and said, Excuse me, would you like to go to my house? And Jesus goes, let's go. The crowd that was listening to Jesus disperses or maybe follows behind to kind of hear what's going to happen next. And Jesus walks in the room. you imagine that moment? I don't know if you've ever been in this moment where you know something's a setup. And you walk in the door and you see those certain faces. Jesus did. He walks in the door and you can just imagine. He goes, ah, lovely meeting we have here. And he sits down at the table and they all notice Jesus did not ceremoniously clean himself. And yet, there he sits. And he looks around the table and he just goes, thanks for coming to this called business meeting. I'm glad you all came. And they say, Jesus, you didn't clean yourself. And he goes, let's talk about cleanliness. Outside y'all are clean, but inside y'all are death. I can smell you From here and while we're on the subject woe to you guys pay attention for the next few seconds really listen because you are forgetting there's a lot of people outside this room right now listening in through the windows that y'all don't take care of why is that by the way while we're on it woe to you guys who just like to be seen but don't do anything. And while I'm on it, woe to you guys when you act like you're something, but really all you do is lead people away from God. And while I'm on it, and one of the experts says, whoa, Jesus, we've been listening to you talk to those guys, <laughs> and we get it, we don't like them either. <laughs> do we guys? No. But that kind of makes fun of us. We just wanted you to know, if you could watch your language a little bit, you know, because we we feel offended. And Jesus goes, okay, while we're on the subject, woe to you guys. Listen, because y'all load people down with all of your pluses, and y'all don't even do one of them, do you? And while I'm on it, woe to you guys. Because y'all act like y'all haven't done wrong when y'all are nothing but wrongdoers. And while I'm on it, woe to you guys because y'all keep people away from my Father. Y'all notice what Jesus does next? He leaves. What should have been an easy meeting where they took down yet another Messiah. The prophets and the lawmakers are sitting there going, Who does he think he is? And what they missed is, he's God. So today, if we're sitting at the table, we have to answer a question. We know we're not Jesus. (laughs) So who are we? You see, there's a lost world outside the windows. There always is. And Jesus is simply saying, any time you get in the way of my father, you're wrong. Last week, we talked that we should be passionately pursuing people for the sake of Jesus. I mean, if we know this truth in our hearts, if we know Jesus, it should be coming out of us. But then I thought more about it this week. When my parents were down One of the things I asked my dad to do to help me was both of my faucets on the outside of my house leak. And if you don't twist it with amazing force, it just drips. And we know it does it because we gather frogs in one corner of my yard because of it. It's like their little spa. And so I said, Dad, can you help me? I said, yeah, I think I can. And I said, you know, Let's see if they're soldered on or twist on. I didn't know that was an option. We went out and they're both twist on. He goes, easy, let's go. We got the parts. We get to the house. Um, my dad's working on it because my dad's built like a superhero and he has these massive hands. And he, he twisted off that one. And he goes, yeah, it was easy. We put the new one on and, man, that thing doesn't leak. But now we notice the frog now sits in Hank's bowl outside because he's like, where'd you move my spa? But I'm convinced of this, that Jesus is just hoping his church would even leak him. He's hoping that his church would at least do something with his name attached. He's hoping that his church would come alive. And if we're true Bible scholars, we believe that we're a lot like the Revelation church that couldn't find themselves either hot or cold but lukewarm. But we don't have to be that way. We don't have to be the Pharisees, nor do we have to be the experts of the law. We can be a lot like Jesus' disciples, who are also in the room. And they heard these lines. And they heard what Jesus said. And they had an option. They could be just like these guys they had always looked up to their whole life. Or they could be like the one that just left the room. In a world of Pharisees and experts in the law, Jesus is calling his disciples to be like him. Amen. And you can be that today. He gave you every opportunity, and what's more is this: He doesn't hope that you'll figure it out. He wants to help you figure it out. We believe that Scripture's true, correct? And if we believe the Bible's true, it says this that. Once you and I place our hope, trust, and faith in Jesus and repent of our sins, He is faithful at that point to not just forgive our sins, but come near us and indwell us and fill us and point us in a direction. And you can do that in your life today. And how it works is this. Jesus has done everything necessary to save your soul. Everything He has done everything necessary today to forgive your sin. Everything. He has done everything necessary to change your life and to lead you forward. Everything. And today is your day to be obedient to his calling. I believe firmly that from the moment Jesus died on the cross and then rose from the dead, from then on all of creation cried out, Jesus can save you. I think it's declared over all of creation. And I believe that we are without any excuse because of it. And today is a day to not be found at the table wanting, but to be filled by Jesus. Today, do you know him? Do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Have you repented of your sin? Which means you take the sin in your life and you go, done with it. And you throw it away. I'm not going back to that. I'm pursuing Jesus. If Jesus is, like he said, everything that we need, the way, the truth, and the life, then he is where we should find ourselves today. Do you know him? Today, here's my challenge to you. Don't leave this room without knowing a yes to that question. Do I know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of my life? If you can say yes, praise God. If you do not know, do not leave this room without knowing here next few minutes we do what we do every Sunday we call it a time of invitation we believe it's powerful for a reason we believe invitation time is a time of reflection for a Christian to realign and get their hearts ready because it's one of the last few things we do in our service but we also believe it's a time for public testimony of your life being connected with Jesus so today if you don't know him and you need to know him you need to declare him publicly You need to let a lost world know that you are no longer lost. You have been found by him. This morning, I want to give you that opportunity, and I would love to talk with you personally about that. But here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to break through and stand up and walk an aisle. There's nothing spiritual about that except for one thing. You're making him publicly known. If you'll confess me with your lips and acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. Make it happen today. Don't wait today. Make him known today, and today let's celebrate together the day that you declared, I need Jesus to be the Savior and Lord of my life. I want to tell you, you want a party to happen? You make that known today, I promise you this room will party with you. But here's what's more. In heaven, that's where it's really happening. In heaven, it declares in Scripture that when one comes to know him, all of heaven has a party. Because that is what it's all about. As a church, we're about a lot of things. But I can tell you the one thing we're about. You coming to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so, today is your day. We're going to pray. When we finish praying, you're going to see our team's going to be on the stage. Don't have to worry. You're going to hear them moving. It's all right. They're going to come up. They're going to play a song. That's our time of prayer. It's our time of reaction to the Lord. That's your time to get up and come and to make Jesus known today. And I believe that if you'll do it, this will be one of the greatest days in all of history in your life. Because today you will know that no matter the outcome, one day you will be with the Lord in heaven. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father God, we just pray and ask God that you would move in a mighty way. God, that you would speak to us. Lord, that we would be reminded that today we can be different. We don't have to act like the world. We don't have to act like the religious. God, we need to act like you. So, Lord, we pray that you would speak over our hearts, remind us, God, that though we are sinful people, you are a mighty God who can forgive our sins and cleanse us from it and then lead us away from it. God, we praise you and thank you, God, for what you're going to do in the next few minutes. The victories that will be won with people knowing you as Savior and Lord. God, we believe today is going to be a great day because you are going to be made known in our lives. God, would you speak over us? God, would you speak through us? God, would you lead us? We pray this in the holy and precious name of Jesus. Amen.